Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> in Jim Lang great music uh, welcome to hey Arnold hey uh, my name is Corey Vaughn back with you again with Adam Samaha and we're here uh, to talk about hey Arnold a um, couple notes before we start our second episode um, I would say uh, kind of the way we're thinking about this show is uh, you guys the listeners will listen to uh, this particular episode after you watch the Harold episodes that we are talking about um, today we're talking about uh, the little pink book and field trip which um, according to the Hulu list is the second episode um, which yeah, is where you can find the program yeah you can find it on Hulu plus um, probably you could download it on like um, Amazon Prime or uh, iTunes we haven't checked that yet but we know it's on Hulu plus um, are there any other other notes no, not a note at all. But last night, um, in the middle of my slumber, um, I had a bit of a Hey Arnold dream that you were in, involved in, Corey. In preparation for today? Yes. My, it, it, yeah. It didn't, it didn't aid me in this process at all. It act, yeah. It, it, I dream. can't wait to hear the meaning behind this, <laughs> the symbol and meaning. Yeah, I can't wait. So I'll begin from the beginning. I'm asleep. And in my That's dream... That's how dreams usually start. Hopefully. So I'm sleeping and um, I notice that this I come to this dream where I'm sitting in a movie theater and there are multiple people between myself and Corey and we're watching a film and I realize we're watching a newly released as in 2015 um, Hey Arnold full length film feature length feature length yes 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 and so the movie's going on everyone's really digging it and then there is the scene where a character in the film appears to be watching some sort of sexual movie on his computer, but the image is sort of blurry and you can't really tell it's sort of implied. And Arnold catches him and it, something ensues after that. And at that very moment, Corey f- loses his mind. <laughs> he starts screaming and he starts screaming things like, this is not how this story is supposed to go. They've lost their innocence. And then at that time, everybody in the crowd is yelling at Corey, telling him to shut up. He starts yelling at the people in the audience and throwing bread at them, which was really weird, like breadsticks, like ripping breadsticks apart and throwing them at the audience. And I start busting up laughing and go, Corey would do this in my dream. That's what I was thinking. Like, this is, he cares so much about this story that this is way not how you think the story would ever go to have some sort of like uh, sexually potentially deviant activity going on in Hey Arnold. <laughs> I stand with my decision in your dream. So the next thing that happens is the lights come on in the theater. His section of the theater is completely empty and everyone is very grumbling and leaving the, the theater um, heartbroken and angry at Corey. And yeah, then I woke up and now here I am. The microphone in my face talking about Hey Arnold. Yeah, n- with there's Corey. Yeah, I'm I'm here to say that that won't happen in this show because it's a kids show. <laughs> no, our podcast isn't a kids show. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. So if you're uh, listening, Craig Bartlett, don't put any sexual activity in the full length film that will be coming out in soon. 2015. I guess yeah. in the next few months. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so now that we've really flushed that dream out, is there any, I mean, what, what do you think? Are there any... Is there anything to read from that? Yeah. Is any, that your question? Any read? Yeah. I should ask you, is that something you would actually do? Yeah, I stand by that decision. I would absolutely do that. And you would act as you acted in my dream? Uh, I mean, I might not like stand up and yell in the theater, but I would definitely... Would you bring breadsticks to a theater? Never. Never. Without marinara? True. Or at least some balsamic and some oil. Yeah. Some pepper. A little bit of salt too, like. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I had that the other night for dinner, actually. No, that wasn't the whole dinner. But thank you for tuning in to Breadstick Hour. <laughs> My, I'm your host Corey Vaughn, and <laughs> with me as usual is Adam Samaha. The show's actually called the meal I kind of remember having from last week. <laughs> and that's it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> hey Arnold, uh, here we are. Uh, first episode is uh, the Little Pink Book, um, which is kind of the first. It's the first. Helga-centric episode. Um, it is about this book that she fills with poems and prose about her undying love slash hatred for Arnold. Um, and she actually loses it and goes on this like crazy quest to try to find it. She realizes Arnold and Gerald have found it. And they're doing some detective work, trying to figure out who the author is. Because from their perspective, she hasn't, you know, whoever the author is hasn't signed it at all. Um, Arnold opens it up and is like, ashamed and embarrassed because it's all uh poems about him um so you know he's trying to figure out trying to figure out who it is um and helga is desperately trying to stop them and it kind of wraps up really quick (laughs) it's like a really quick climax where he's about to read her name and then she just like rips it out of the book and makes into a spitball and it's great and that's like the really basic premise of the episode um helga's trying to find the book and arnold and Gerald are trying to figure out who who wrote it? Um, but it's a great it's a great introduction to Helga. What 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 do you think, Adam? The first thing I thought of when I watched the episode was that I cannot relate to this episode at all. And I was going to ask you actually, have you ever written things in a book like that about someone you had a crush on? Like I've obviously had conversations with friends, but I've never put in it in a bound form. There's a line that she says at one point. I was too bold. That is, that's like, <laughs> the key point. yeah, that's the key point. Like, <laughs> like the fact that she would write it down on paper, even if she never signed her name, which she did sign her name, which is insane. But even if she didn't, um, she wrote down on paper that she was in love with Arnold, which made it more real, made it more real than it already was. So the re- you're saying the reason that I've never done that is it's a lack of confidence in myself and my feelings. Uh, yeah. And also you just have like good boundaries, you know, like <laughs> Don't get your hopes up too much about, True. you know, some. Maybe I'm just not as poetic as Helga either. Well, she's extremely poetic. That poem about bathing in, in jelly. What? It, let me see. What, jelly bean tears. Or, no, that doesn't make sense. No, uh, she she compares his eyes to green jelly beans. Oh, yeah. And then she says wants she wants, yeah, wants to bathe in it, which is gross, but cute, I guess. But the visual is very PG. It's just like her waiting in a pool. Yeah, with her dress on and everything, yeah, yeah, like yeah. As, as it should yeah. be. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I guess like I didn't relate to it, except the bits that were like really telling of her weird need to be like loved, but also like to be ignored as well. Is as they're about to figure it out, or they're they're trying to figure it out. And Arnold keeps saying, oh, it's probably Ruth McDougal. It's probably Ruth McDougal. And she's kind of annoyed. She, like, kind of rolls her eyes. And there's a part where they actually get to Helga, like, 
was it Helga? And then they just start laughing. And mm-hmm. again, she gets like angry. So like, wouldn't you want in Helga's position? Yes, it's Ruth. It's not me. Mm-hmm. But the reality is she kind of, it's, it's like, does she secretly want, want them to know that it was her? I don't think she wants them to know. I think she would want in an ideal situation, Arnold to know. And I think that is sort of, I think anyone can kind of relate with that feeling at least. Yeah. 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 Because at, at that age, it's like you're, you're, yeah, nothing is private. And I think that episode kind of talks about, like, looks really deeply into that. Like, even in the sense of, like, if she were to tell Arnold how he feels, he would tell all of his friends, and then, then it would become a thing. And because she left her book in the, in the, in the bus, it, like, made its way into the kid's hands of in the course. worst way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, person who, the person that she didn't want to know yet. She, like, she's like, I want to tell him the way became I the want owner to tell him. Of the book. Yeah, it became the <laughs> owner of the book, yeah. Flipping through the pages, like... I mean, it's it's similar to looking at her diary, right? I mean, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, a couple other, like, small things. I have some bigger ideas, too, but uh, let's just talk about the fact that she cut a bit of Arnold's hair. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's creepy. Um, she, like, smells it, like, right under her nose, like like a fine cigar. Yeah. Um, she, oh. And then binds it with her own... <laughs> Uh, bandage her own uh, band-aid which is so gross but I think also at the same time it's like them coming together yeah 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 really it's like gross. blood brothers yeah yeah it's less like romantic, romantic and more blo- yeah. more blood brothers yeah yeah also that she sleeps in a closet is oh, yeah. the most it, it's thinking about it's Harry Potter under the stairs right it's the most <laughs> abject place to chill out like let me just hang out with these like clothes that aren't looked at ever, you know, and like a stinky sock of Arnold's. Yeah. That she stuffs in her dress. Yeah. Like awkwardly the whole time. Why is it in her dress? I don't know. Just hanging out. I don't know why she did that at all. I think she didn't want Arnold to like realize that it was missing, but that wouldn't help that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess there are like bits and pieces that I relate to, but maybe it's more of a female thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, if I don't know. Like, when you think back when you were a kid and you saw notebooks of women that are women, they were girls at the time, just covered mm-hmm. in like people, boys' names, like famous little pop singers and everything like that. That's maybe more of like a female activity. You're saying girls, all girls are this, this one way. Yeah. They're one way. They yeah. all just love boys all the time mm-hmm. and they're just boy crazy. That's yeah. Weird. I mean, if, the, if this episode. Jonas Brothers and uh-huh. Stars mm-hmm. yeah. and. Not not like uh, like PBS special stars. Like I mean, like little stickers that you'd get from uh, like a Pizza candy head. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I yeah, and I I have some like more heady ideas too about this episode. And I've talked to you like a little bit about it, and I don't know if you're like ready to hear the full. <laughs> I don't think I am ready. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> Later Good on. night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's the second ending. <laughs> second, yeah, yeah. We we end a lot. All right, hello. Welcome to Hey Arnold. Hey. <laughs> Oh, so yes, so yes, yes, I would love are. to hear. I would love to hear what you have. Yeah. Prepared. Okay. So uh, there are two directions in this episode that are happening at the same time. One is that Arnold and Gerald are trying to figure out who wrote this, and so they're going about it in this very scientific way. Like, uh, you, I mean, there are actual words and images that reference almost a scientific formula, mm-hmm. or um, uh, like detective work uh, words like evidence are brought up and uh you know there's the part where gerald's like making the hot chocolate but there are all these like tubes and pipes and um 
uh, Arnold actually views this as uh, intense, like CSI detective work. Um, and that's interesting from a, like, a, because this is, this is poetry that they're looking at um, from a literary standpoint, they're saying with enough hard work and enough, like enough weighing of evidence and context, uh, we should be able to understand the intent of this work. Um, and, and they, you know, work tirelessly at it, but at the same time, there's that part where Arnold is looking at everyone's handwriting and sees that Ruth's handwriting doesn't match the handwriting of the book. And he still says, um, uh, pro- she probably was like, just like pretending not to use her own handwriting. So then I wouldn't find out, which is going against all of the evidence that mm-hmm. they're like leaning into. So it's an interesting idea of how much can, I don't, and I don't mean science in the strict sense. I mean, how much can like working hard and looking at the full context of a thing, how much can that actually bring you to that place? And I think this episode is kind of saying, not that there's like a thesis behind the episode, but I think what's happening in this episode is you're always going to be clouded by your own judgment a little bit. Definitely. There's always a bias. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, he like went into this with wanting a, it to be yeah. Ruth McDougall, yeah. which is a fantastic name. Yeah. Great name. That, that image where she like smiles wide <laughs> like him and there's like those, all those braces is really great. Um, yeah. So that's one direction is how much can science or, and I mean that loosely, how much can context, I guess is a better term. How much can looking at context and evidence give you, can you do that blindly, not blindly, um, uh, without, what makes you question maybe the scientific process, like yeah. how pure of a process. Exactly. Is it? How pure and can you look at something? Yeah. And I think that is definitely happening. He goes back to Ruth McDougall ev- during every part of the process Yeah, because yeah. he wants it so bad to be her. And it takes Gerald to like this voice of reason. Yeah. It's to, never like, going to be. Gonna be her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in every time he has to say it. So yeah. he is sort of correcting the process, which I'd, I'm sure in. Maybe a lot of scientific processes that happens, like you have like a dreamer who has yeah, like an idea yeah. and really wants it to be one way. And then you have through this process and when you have a team that you're working with that sort of like allows the, the project to stay on course, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. Gerald does that. Uh, yeah. And Arnold isn't listening at all at all. Well, no. And it's hard because it, the whole thing is about him. Like he's reading these really in-depth That's, personal emotional yes, things yes, and he's like, this yeah. is actually wonderful and it makes him feel good. Like he, he's talking to his grandpa about how um, it seems, uh, what did he say? It was basically that it's obsessive, but it's still cool. Yeah. And so a yeah, part yeah, of him yeah. does yeah. actually like it. So, and because he likes it, he wants that these things to be from someone he li- actually likes. Yeah. yeah he doesn't, yeah. I don't think cares if it's Helga or not, but he like just wants it to be this one girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that, that part at the very beginning of this scientific process where Gerald starts reading off names, Arnold just keeps going, no, it's not her. <laughs> like, well then are we not, so we're not going to do a scientific pro- like yeah. process here, a contextualization of, we're, we're just going to hope that it's the one that we want. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. And, and the part when he is looking at the hair compared to Ruth's hair, the irony is he's looking at his own okay. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like, what weird symbol is that? Like, like it, am I the author? Like, what? <laughs> well, we get to, I don't know. We get to, as the viewer get to learn a lot about, or uh, yeah, a fair amount about um, Arnold just through this process. So I, yeah. maybe it's like, it's not like a reflection of himself, you know, but we're certainly learning things about him and that he likes this girl, Ruth. Yeah. He's got like, a, there's like a great moment of basically the, 
it's full. It shows you how much pride he actually has. Um, that he wants it to be. He wants it. He wants it to be the person he wants, and he can't imagine it being anybody else. Mm-hmm. He like he just assumes that his way is the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, it's sort of all consuming, but that's how. I don't, that's how I think how crushes at that time in your life are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Is it seems like everything is centered around that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one direction. And we might from like a really nerdy literary, literary sense, I see it as a conversation on structuralism, which would say that, um, the best, basically what I just said about looking at evidence in a really pure way. Um, they would say that the best way to understand the context of, um, this, uh, content is to look at it in the purest way possible. And what's happening with Arnold and Gerald, specifically Arnold, is that he's going against that grain um, on accident. He's not trying to, but he is. And that's by saying, oh, I know who it is. Um, so the opposite direction, for one more little bit of, like nerdery, is that Helga kind of is like moving past that belief that she really doesn't think it's not that she it's not that she doesn't think that they can find out who it is it's that she won't let it happen she will do anything anything in her like power to stop them from figuring out who wrote the book um the 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 part where she says let's see she sees that they picked it up and she yells out why why did i sign my name i was too bold those poems weren't meant to be seen until i'm dead and buried and worms have consumed my flesh which is like super morbid <laughs> but a great line and from this idea of moving past um, evidence and past like a structuralist standpoint, she's and I, I probably am reading into this too much, but because she, maybe I don't know, it's a kids show. Uh, uh, but that's what we're doing here. We're looking at we're looking at this show from a uh, this cultural thing as deeply as we can, and and that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so no shame to the nerds at all. Um, so seeing her like. Uh, basically stop them from finding out who it is by literally ripping out her name from the book is like a really symbolic gesture. It's, it's not, she doesn't care what they f- think about the content. She doesn't care if they make fun of the content. She doesn't care if they misinterpret it. All she wants to make sure is that the author isn't, um, isn't found out. Uh, and that's like a strong tenant of a sort of, post-structuralist um mentality which like there's their essays called like death of the author and um that idea of the author not having um any power anymore she's she's totally okay with and she's willing to rip off the rip off the name and let that book kind of float in its own way um away from her as long as her name isn't tied to it she would rather Mm -hmm. have her name not tied to it i to me those two like uh those two I guess philosophies or standpoints are coming at a head in this, in this episode. Um, and I think it makes it easier too, because the subject of this episode is a piece of prose, a piece of poetry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's Adam, please tell me I'm not being too nerdy or tell me I'm being too nerdy. I don't know. What do you, you're what being do you think slightly about nerdy, but I think that there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I w- would not have naturally have gone that way, but that's not the way that I think about things. Yeah. And in the, in the like sort of literary way in that, in that sense. Um, but with your wonderful explanation, I see what you're, where you're coming from, yeah. for sure. And it's an interesting approach. I guess what, for me, it's I look at this and I'm like, how does this apply to my life? Which is probably the self, most selfish way to 
to view this show and maybe any anything. Well, and that's and that's the way we 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 were trained. We were trained in that way, like to read things as kids, and that's not even the wrong way to like read a thing is to say, okay, like how, what can I learn from from this, and not even from a moralistic standpoint, but just how can I relate? How can I be alongside of this thing? What, like, what is this thing trying to say? And I think there's plenty of that in this in this episode too. Um, I think also that the episode is just um, really sort of brings to the front the how Helga feels and in great depth because mm-hmm. through her poetry mm-hmm. and through how she reacts to him potentially finding out. And as far as the story goes, it's like, of course she can, he cannot find out that it's her because then the story would end he, right, during right, episode that's two. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think you, I don't know. I just, I think it, it's a good episode, but I, for me, I didn't read as much maybe as you did right off the bat. Like I thought of it, I read more into the second episode of this little the series of episode field trip, but it might just be different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I'll say one more thing, uh, which is just like a great, great moment in this episode is her showing up in his, his room for the first time. Two things she says, one Arnold's room, the place I visited in my dreams. <laughs> and number two, her falling onto his pillow and saying, what shampoo does he use? <laughs> it's the most, like, like kind of erotic, but more just like sweet. Very and, sweet. Yeah. Lovely yeah. little moment. Uh, yeah. She is obsessed. She is so obsessed. So in love. Thank you. That's yeah, the healthy so way to say So in love. Mm. A little deeper, a little deeper, more sec. <laughs> in love. That's right. That was maybe too, I don't know. Too deep. Too throaty. Well, let's, let's move on to um, the field trip episode. Um, yeah. Take it away with the second part of the episode, which is called Field Trip. And the second episode is about all of the school children that go to Arnold's school. They're all getting together and they're going on a field trip to the aquarium, which um, Arnold's grandma calls the big house for fish, (laughs) I think is an amazing quote. And um, so they get there and they're all super excited because they're going to see this thing called Lockjaw, which is a giant ravenous turtle that want that will just bite and kill anything apparently so though as soon as they get there the kids are consumed with this idea of lockjaw and they're ripping around the aquarium and trying to figure out where lockjaw is and when they find him they are like really really disappointed because he's this old decrepit turtle that is covered in graffiti and all of the kids sort of are their dreams are crushed and they think he's a joke and they laugh at him and the what is the, the, the real big bully's name? Do we, are we introduced to him yet? Uh, he's, he's been there a little bit, but his name's Harold. Harold? Okay, yeah. yeah. Harold throws like a snow cone at him or whatever. And he yells, I got him! And he's super excited. <laughs> and then everybody runs away and they're annoyed. Of course, Arnold being the like... Tenderhearted. Sen- yeah, very sensitive kid. Ends up like having this, real, this moment with the turtle. He goes, but they end up going back home, and he sees, like, visuals of turtles everywhere he goes. He's almost, like, like sort of very sweet hallucinations. <laughs> He's, his, his grandfather's wearing, like, a turtleneck, and the Girl Scout offers him turtle cookies, and he, there's, like, a pattern on, on, his, on the floor, and it's, like, this sort of abstract pattern, but then, it like, in this really weird psychedelic way, becomes, like, a turtle shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so he brings it to attention that, uh, with his grandmother that he's so sad to see this turtle. And at first she's like, she notices an injustice is being made. And, but then she realizes that the injustice is being made because the turtle is old 
and she can relate to that. And she says, old, he's old, he's old. And she keeps saying that over and over again. So she rallies with Arnold and they're going to write this wrong. Yeah. And she's leaning into that old thing. And while she's talking about how old this turtle is, Arnold in the background, you hear him kind of mumbling. Yeah, and like he's just like a beautiful turtle, and like they're like treating him bad, like and they're missing each other, but yeah. I, but they're going getting to the same point of yeah, we gotta go, we gotta Land go take care of this same. turtle, yeah. yeah. And, but their their way of getting there is, is completely different, and so they end up going to the aquarium and they rescue the turtle and they release the turtle into the wild, and that's like the episode in its mo- in its uh, most Simplest simple fashion form, yeah, yeah. And so, but there's a few things you can look at and unpack from the episode that I think are really interesting, um, is the fact that the the first quote, which is that it's the big house for fish, and there's the obvious sort of imagery of like all of these animals are behind glass and behind bars and mm-hmm. sort of things mm-hmm. like that, and they're confined to an area that is again, completely against their will. And um, so the kids don't realize that. They just think it's cool to see all these different animals. Mm-hmm. But the older person in the episode recognizes that, fa- that fact. And then the other side of it is that... Uh, Arnold's grandmother like really gets on the whole old thing because it's something she can relate to. And I think you see that play out in the world all of the time mm-hmm. where you'll have cognitive dissonance with people where they will hold these certain beliefs, but then it doesn't manifest in a way that makes any sense or they hold conflicting views until the point comes where something like vibes with them and, and, and it's something that they can really relate to. So you can see this in like political political situations where politicians will be against gay marriage, but then they'll be for it because it turns out their daughter is gay. And you'll see them flip like a Republican uh, flip in that way. Or like another situation is like John McCain, who was a victim of torture in war. Uh, he was a prisoner of war. And then um, during congressional reports, um, when they were going after the CIA for torture, John McCain, who's Republican that would normally be for that, comes out completely against it because he was tortured. So you have these situations where people really mm-hmm. flip because they can really relate to what is going on. Um, in the situation in a way that creates an interesting reaction mm-hmm, within mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And that's like weirdly what immediately what came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, like, but he's old, but he's old, but he's old. Is all of these sort of social things that happen like that. And then another layer of this episode that's interesting is that the situ- like the circumstances that the turtle Lockjaw is in are awful. And he's covered in graffiti. And everybody's treating him like crap. And the security guard is a big doofus and that comes up later in the episode um, when he gets almost eaten by a shark that he's taunting and (laughs) um but then when they release him like they're releasing him into the wild that like looks pretty bad in its own way like it's garbage it's garbage the view like there's this over the shoulder thing that the turtle does as he's going into the sunset and the view is arnold and the grandmother standing on a pier right next to like a a power plant and there's garbage in the water and it looks awful yeah but then where he's going is like serene right and there's this beautiful sunset and all these things so it's like where he's going is far better than where he's at right now sure sure but it shows you that where he was at and where they're living. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of similarities. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. What is, how does the like, Oh, like is Lockjaw Does Lockjaw represent man? Right. It's like <laughs> needing to be freed. Um, like, cause there are so many moments where this guy's, where this guy, this turtle is humanized. You know, yeah. the, the part when Arnold literally calls him a man, he says, Hey man, like, uh, so <laughs> like, <laughs> like after he gets the snow cone thrown at him, he like walks downstairs to like the viewing room and just kind of puts his hand up on the glass and says, 
hey man and that's um sweet and precious but also a humanizing moment yeah so how can we think of these fish and specifically lockjaw as a stand-in for humanity um like how are ways that we get get put in jail no like get 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 confined and i don't know especially when you see you know thinking about mirroring a little bit of of what's going on in Lockjaw's life, which is being covered with soot and mm-hmm. living in soot and dirt, you know, li- living in the grimiest of Squalor. conditions with like graf- graffiti on him. And if he's called man and then looking at Arnold and his grandma surrounded by garbage, how like that's an interesting mirror. And it's not, it's not explicit either. They're not, no, not at there's all. not this like perfect, ribbon tied at the end we're like see this is what it means to love love the planet it that's why this to me this in, this episode is so interesting and it was probably the most interesting one i've seen thus far uh because you can in my mind you can take it so many ways like you you mm-hmm. could definitely make an environmental argument yeah you yeah. could do like a humanity thing and freedom and uh, what it's like to be incarcerated and various yeah, things like yeah, that yeah. which is so interesting and then the cognitive dissonance thing is interesting to me too, because at the very end, after they've freed the the turtle, Arnold go, or Arnold's grandma goes, "Oh, I'm hungry." And then Arnold's like, "What do you want to eat?" And she goes, "Turtle soup." And then it's the, the episode ends, and you realize like she was she, only worried about the thing she was worried about, which was him being old. She was yeah. only really looking at the connection that she had with the turtle, and nothing really beyond yeah. that. Yeah, but it was yeah. enough for her to do the right thing. So her intentions were so good that the end for the turtle was good, but her way of getting there showed that like she did not really progress as a person. She just did this good thing for this turtle. Yeah. She didn't yeah. make any other kind of further connections, which I think a lot of people do that and end up doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there, there, this one was Helga free. Helga free. Well, and even, well, she was in it for a second, but it, it, there was no moment where you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot that she's in love with Arnold. Yeah. Like she, she's just one of the other students. Um, this one I think, yeah, was attempting to tackle something completely different. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't about these kids. It was about, a, yeah, it was about a different thing. Like yeah. all the other episodes were, were about like character development and yeah, the story, yeah. the narrative going forward with the kids. Yeah. But and, that's, yeah. this is, this is a standalone episode for sure. But it's also an introduction to the grandma where mm-hmm. you can kind of see that she's quirky. She has or some, crazy or crazy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah that's like, probably more yeah. appropriate. Um, she throws that cat out of her closet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it really introduces you to the grandmother and to, but it's pretty consistent with Arnold's behavior that he seems to be like a thoughtful kid that really cares. Yeah. And it extends to animals apparently. Yeah. Well, he's just empathetic about all things, mm-hmm. all things. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of a beautiful episode too. the way seeing like, and maybe this is too symbolic, but seeing man and nature come together in a really beautiful way. Um, you know, first when they touch hands through the glass and then again, when them like bathing this turtle is a really beautiful, beautiful moment that means a lot. Bathing another thing is, is very, uh, like intimate and, um, like caring and loving. Um, and and I don't want to get too like ecological here, but just the act of cleaning up a dirty animal is a really beautiful, worthy thing. Um, and there's no moment where it seems like done done for any other reason than other than to just gain his trust. Actually, they even say that Arnold says, "Oh, I think he's starting to trust us." 
so there's something about the lack of trust between nature and man and man and nature. Yeah. And I, I, yes, I I think that that is true, but I think I just realized that this episode is actually about incarceration because I think that it becomes obvious with what you just said, Hmm. where the moment where they're bathing this creature, they're like rehabilitating him. Mm -hmm. So he's incarcerated. He's locked behind in this sort of weird island area surrounded by humans and guards and uh, whatever. And he's just sitting there and sort of rotting and mm. they're, they're, they're abu- people from the outside are abusing him and they view him in this way where he's a monster. Yeah. He's very, very violent mm. as we view criminals. Mm. I'm having a lot of realizations. <laughs> this no, moment. that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <and> Conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The beauty of communication. So then, yeah. So the outside world views him as a monster and it's very, very violent. But then when they come to see him, the kids come to see him, they realize like he's just like a normal thing and he's relatively docile. Mm. He's very broken Mm. and sad. And then, and then when Arnold's grandmother and him come, they are rehabilitating him. They're, they're cleaning him. They're making him more, um, like the way that maybe he would want to look and the way we would want to view him. And then they set him free. And while he is immediately thrown off the pier onto the ground into trash, which is people who are left from prison are often like right, thrown right, into awful situations right, yeah. that he is no longer incarcerated. So it, anything could happen once he exits. Yeah. Yeah. The real situation is more complicated than that, but I think that's maybe what they're doing. Yeah. And that the complicated situation is further pushed when Arnold goes, will he know what to do? And yeah. grandma just says, Oh, it's in his nature. Like, uh, like any scientist watching, any, that any, read so many ways. yeah. Any zoologist watching this episode would say, "No, like you're doing it wrong." <laughs> yeah. Doing, but the point isn't to show it accurately. The point is to start conversation about a um, the nature of nature, mm-hmm. but also, you know, the things that we're pulling out about incarceration and about rehabilitation. Uh, yeah, rehabilitation, um, love and tenderness, because that's yeah, the missing ingredient. Yeah. That's what they gave him in that moment mm-hmm. when they were cleaning him mm-hmm. up and even doing the act of freeing him at all. Yeah, and there's something about Beautiful. thinking about the the students too. Uh, one of the kids says, um, "I guess he looked a lot bigger when, when we were six, which me, means yeah. that as you as you grow up, your perspective of things changes." So there is a, even a comment on like that that our yeah our perceptions on any any one thing is going to change, change as we grow up and and change ourselves. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of layers to this episode, and I yeah that. I don't know if you're reading into it too much with incarceration. Uh, maybe, maybe they me, don't. Yeah. My mind it like came together like in a moment like that. I've realized what it's yeah. about, but I, I could very well be wrong. I, yeah. And I want to know, well, I don't, uh, you might be wrong if we ask the writers and said, are we wrong? Right. But so welcome. Come on in. Yeah. Like did, come into did Corey's, they mean, uh, did they, living room. <laughs> yeah, come into my living room, please. <laughs> um, did they mean, did they, were they talking about that? What like what? What was the point of this of this episode? I, if I were to like, if I, if there was like a like implicit sort of message, it's probably like the way that man treats nature. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the probably read, the easiest is, one, which is there for sure. Is there? But we are animals too, so I think the idea of incarceration for humans like mm-hmm. makes sense as yeah. like a logical next step. But I think and I. To me, the, the 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 most interesting part about that was the tenderness and love and rehabilitation that is 
often missing in relationships and people who are left out mm-hmm. and end up mm-hmm. in jail is that they need some sort of tenderness and care yeah. and like a second chance. Second chance at swimming in the ocean, you know, exactly. Giving birth to the world is an, Oh man, the world is an ocean. I think we've found that. I think we figured this episode out. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> we are, we're, this is the Harold professional podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, yeah. Psychological journey. Yeah. I, I love this show because uh, it's so thoughtful and beautiful. And we just talked for like, you know, 45 minutes about um, two short kids cartoons, but pulled so much depth out of it. Um, I, yeah, I, I really love what this show can do and I'm excited to like, there are episodes that I know are coming up that are even more powerful and thoughtful and I can't wait to talk about them. Um, how are you feeling about the show? I at like, this point? I like it a lot and I think it's interesting. Um, uh, in doing this, I was listening to, uh, um, conversation parade, I believe is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, the Adventure Time One podcast. for Adventure Time. Yeah, and it was really interesting, and I saw, I started watching Adventure Time because of that. And the thing that's interesting is looking at a show like Adventure Time, and looking at which is a very popular show with all age groups, and looking at a show like Hey Arnold is, visually, they're so different. Mm-hmm. Hey Arnold is like sort of meditative and very mm-hmm. slow-paced, mm-hmm. and it's very relaxing, And but then it still has the ability to have these certain topics uh, be shown or allows them allow themselves to be shown. And, and adventure time does that as well, but it's like so visually intense, it's surreal and intense. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think there's a place for that, but I feel like a show like Harold, it, there's something about it that is like, a, it's just a nice viewing experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know if younger kids nowadays would get into it because it's so much different than the way cartoons are now. Yeah. Um, it's not really off the wall. It's not so visually stimulating. But I think that it's a good story and it's, I like watching it. It's very soothing and calming. Yeah. So soothing and calming. That's great. The jazz music is just helps. so. It helps. Yeah. yeah it probably it, adds to that a lot. Yeah. Jim if I, Lang. If, yes. If I wasn't focused on watching the episode, these episodes make me fall asleep, but not in a way like, cause they're boring, because they're, they're beautiful. They're just, yeah. they're we need more of that in sweet, world. slow stories being yeah. told. Okay. So. Bear with us. We are still figuring this show out and uh, not Harold. Uh, we are, that's what the show is for is to figure out Harold, but we're still figuring out the what process. it means. Yeah. The process of creating a podcast review show on a cartoon. Yeah. What does that look like? Um, so there will be hiccups. There, there will be, be awkward in times. Yeah. And we, you know, hopefully each episode will, will shift a little bit closer to what, um, we want this thing to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for your patience and, uh, as the as the episodes continue, we'll have more information about where to find um, find our online presence and get in touch with us. But we're not there yet, so um, hang tight. Thank you. This is uh, Corey and Adam signing out. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.